Okay, I want all of you guys and gals to just take a step back. Just take a step back and take a deep breath and ask yourself why you're afraid of or don't want to be included in any sense of uh, conversation in regards to guns. Why, why is your answer, here's the line in the sand, the answer is absolutely no, forget about it. You know, we're not willing to sit down and have any conversation whatsoever in relation to guns. Well, we're going to. We're going to right here. Cheryl Biller is a volunteer chapter leader with the North Dakota chapter of Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense in America. Cheryl, good to have you back on News and Views. Thanks for having me, Joel. How many people do you find that are exactly like I just described, not willing to even broach a conversation? About a third of the population, I think. They're not even willing to talk about it. Yeah. Well, it's not that they're not willing. They just, it's too uncomfortable. Okay. Uh, and then what percentage of the population is locked in to where they won't even have a conversation about the what ifs? What could we agree on? Another third. And sometimes they, yeah, they don't want to have a conversation. They want to talk at me, but yeah. yeah. So right now you're above 50%. Yes. Okay. I just wanted to point that out before we start, because that's why we're having the conversation here. Now, Cheryl, obviously the gun violence that happened in California, when I say California, it's like we're singling out a state when in fact, this has been happening nationwide already in, in 2023. Uh, describe to people what uh, Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense in America is? Uh, we are a grassroots movement of volunteers who are moms, but aunts like me, dads, gun owners, students, all kinds of people who think that we can and we should do better about saving lives from gun violence. And when you were in high school, you didn't think this was going to be something you were going to spend time doing. I Describe to people why. Why you're doing it now is what I how I should oh, phrase that. Yeah, yeah. Um, for me, this is uh, it started personally. My nephew, there was a school shooting at my nephew's school. Um, that happened actually about six months, uh, well, six months ahead of Parkland, and Parkland was the thing that made me get off the bench and decide that I couldn't be quiet anymore. Okay, so l let's let's use uh, the sh one of the shootings in California as an example because. There are people who will look you in the eye and say, look, it's not the gun's fault. It's the individual behind the gun. It's their fault. That's a hard thing to argue against. Describe to people what you say when somebody tells you that. It is complicated, right? Because it does take a person to pull the trigger. But um, the reality is that um, there are a lot of guns and people get angry and sometimes they're not well um, and and ha for them to have easy easy access to so many options for enacting their frustration their anger their sadness um, just makes it really easy for them to take a life before they stop to think about the consequences so when you look at guns do you ever in your organization ever look at things specifically like this gun is one we need, you know, because here's one of the problems I have with the national debate on guns is that people use a, a term that in their mind, I, I believe is just visual. You know, they'll, they'll use the term assault weapon. Okay. Well, what does that mean? Is it because it's got a syn uh, synthetic stock because it's got a thumb hole because, you know, it, I mean, there are a ton of semi-automatic weapons out there. That if if any of these individuals looked at them, they wouldn't think they're assault weapons. 
but they shoot the same way. They shoot the same caliber. They do the same thing. And so do you believe that the individuals that want to, on your side of the argument, have a serious conversation about guns, really understand and know guns? Hey, largely, no. Um, we, we've we talked about it in our local group. Should we try and, and, and honestly, logistically, that's been a little hard. Like, how do we make that happen? We used to meet at a church, and they didn't really want us to bring guns into the mm-hmm. church. So um, how do we learn, those of us who don't know a lot about guns? Um, that is one question. But I think... Um, that's an argument that can be made. And I think that's probably a conversation worth having. We know that after uh, President Reagan was shot, um, the Brady bill was enacted um, that, that, or the assault rifle assault weapons ban was enacted and we saw gun deaths go down. Um, That sunsetted for a whole variety of reasons. Um, Not always honest and fair ones, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. And now we've seen, gun violence on the rise again. Um, there's a lot of anecdotal evidence to show us that when we manage and regulate gun use, regardless of the kind of gun, um, that we can control to some degree the number of people who die. Now, when, when you say that it sunsetted out the Brady Bill, uh, that happened during the George W. Bush administration. And uh, since then, prior to then and, and post then, what do the numbers look like? Um, they they started to go back up again after the bill sunsetted. And then we saw the pandemic, which created all kinds of havoc in our community, um, not the least of which drove people to go buy more guns. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and all of the issues of people being at home, being isolated, um, just and being frustrated and mad. Um, and we have seen the number of gun deaths skyrocket. I own guns. I've been around guns. I, I, I think I understand them. I'm tired of people. Uh, you know, I, I was with a legislator or a legislator wannabe one time who was telling me all about my party. And, and you know, I, I looked at him and I said, all right, show me how to load this. He couldn't load it. I said, so don't act like you know more about guns than me. You, you literally don't know how to work the weapon. And, and it's just that simple. Now, when you look at the Cobra M11, that nine millimeter, um, you know they're, they're talking about it as a pistol. I get it. You know, you're not going to put it to your shoulder, but you can hold this 30 round clip in your left hand, saying you're right handed, while you pull that right trigger trigger as fast as what you possibly can. And in fact, it doesn't take a lot reading about the weapon to turn it into an automatic versus a semi-automatic. And so. What I'm challenging you, the listeners uh, out there to do, is explain to me what the Cobra does, other than give some guy the thrill of shooting a 30-round clip as quick as what it can, because you can't shoot it accurately. I mean, you can't. you got to be very close to your subject. Uh, I can't see how at a rifle range this would be something. I mean, I'm I'm trying to think of what, other than just, killing humans the gun does yeah and and i i'm open to it i i would love to hear from any of you you know why you own it what what it does what what the reasoning behind it was because it would seem to me uh cheryl if you sat down with gun owners and talked about this gun i think a lot of gun owners would shake their head at this gun i do I think that's true. When I we have gun owners who are part of our organization, some support a ban on certain kinds of guns. Some are a little bit more open. Um, I just I sure wish we could have a conversation about um, 
your point about who needs that kind of gun, um, maybe you don't own it or maybe you don't keep it in your house, but the compromise is you get to use it as ra- at a range where you want to use it. Or could we not at least say that those people who need these kind of weapons that are semi-automatic or the ones who've been converted to automatic, um, they, they're the ones who actually need additional training. Like you can't just go, you know, walk into a store and buy one of those guns. I mean, it feels like there has to be some compromise um, on how we manage these weapons safely. So you mentioned that you met at, at church, which doesn't surprise me. You know, it, a comforting place where open discussion can be had. I get that. But and how do, and it's free. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they have a coffee pot there. Uh, how do you get in a room with the people that are going to matter the most? Because in, in Bismarck, for example, there is nobody there uh, in on the majority side of the aisle that is willing to sit down and have a conversation about what, if anything, North Dakota could do to enact things to slow this down. Because here's the thing. It's going to happen here. Oh, without it, a doubt. It's, it's not a matter of if, it's yeah, when. It's going to happen here, and it's going to happen in one of our schools. And I mean, wh- how do you put people like yourself and others on the other side of the, the, the issue how do you put them in the same room so that you have to talk? Well, I, I was in the same room, actually, last night. I was invited by some really lovely people in Valley City to go out and talk to them, and they put an ad in the newspaper that I was going to be there to talk about advocating for gun violence prevention. And uh, several gentlemen from some organized militia-type group showed up. Um, so I guess kudos to them for showing up. Um, they, they did not want to engage in conversation. They just wanted to shout down everything that I had to say and and throw all the what ifs at me about, you know, the, all the one offs and the arguments for why they were right. Um, and I was wrong. And it was just an issue of God. And it was just an issue of mental health. Interestingly, the one the one place that we could find a little compromise, um, one gentleman did seem adamant that we find a place of common ground. And he said, well, I guess I can talk to my legislator about increasing resources for mental health. I thought, well, eh. so so that was kind of a win. But I, it it take it, it's that confrontation. Like I think you're talking about getting people sitting down in a room where they actually say, none of us want people to die from gun violence. Let's have an honest and open discussion about how to get there. Most of those folks don't want to have that conversation. The See, other to me to to me you need a facilitator in this sense. You can't be a leader in a conversation like that. You have to be a resource on the the what if scenario. The the, the individuals that you said that attended, and I, I'm glad to hear you say kudos to them for attending, as long as they were polite, as long as they Mostly. were courteous, yeah, and 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 weren't just shot. You know, I you can always tell when they ask a question at a meeting like that, and they don't let you answer. <laughs> Because what that tells you is they didn't want to have a conversation. They just wanted to use that, you know. And so if they were doing that, then I know, you know, that that'd be a big red flag for me. Uh, but, you know, you're here, they're there. Somebody in the middle has to know about guns. Yeah. Somebody in the middle of this. And the people in Congress that are that are pushing some of this, this debate, they need to know about guns. And Cheryl, I don't think they do. Well, and and we have plenty of people who do, though. So, right, it's not like we're lacking people who could facilitate that conversation. Cheryl, uh, when we come back, I I want a scenario from you of what you would do. 
you know, what what if in a, in a perfect world, I, I don't want you to have to name guns or ammo or clips or anything like that. I just want examples of what you think needs to be brought to the table to be discussed. Okay. All right. Hang with me. Uh, obviously, folks, you're seeing it. You're, you're seeing it in the news. You're seeing, I mean, the, the gun violence is exploding. It's been exploding for a while. And if we just ignore it and aren't willing to look at what other countries do, other free countries where there are guns, there are sportsmen, there are individuals that like to target shoot, there are individuals that want to be able to defend themselves. What are they doing different? I mean, why can't we ask that question without being labeled some anti-gun? I am not anti-gun. I like owning my guns. Cheryl Biller is our guest. She is a volunteer chapter leader, and I stress the word volunteer with the North Dakota chapter of Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense in America. I said, you know what? If you got a question, call, uh, and we'll get you on with Cheryl, and uh, let's do that. Let's get Kurt on with Cheryl. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, hi, Cheryl. Um, I got to shut off my radio. I text in a lot, but I first time I called in, I'm I'm on both sides of this fence. But it seems like the more I listen to the arguments, people get more political. I'm like the silent majority. My question is, I get just as mad as you do. I get just pissed off when I hear about this killings and stuff. But it almost makes me want to have a gun. And I don't. I got one little pistol that I haven't shot in 20 years. But I tell you what, if I had to come across one of these idiots with these guns, I'm afraid to say that I will want my own gun to protect myself and my family. That's interesting. And and I, there's always little things added into these bills that piss off one side or the other. So I'm, you know, I, I would love when you say a conversation, but I always know that both sides go in thinking it's got to go their way or the highway. Yeah. Please, I'll shut up. All right. No, I think you made a point. And Cheryl, I want you to get a chance to address that. Sure. I, um, it feels like you're framing this as a, everybody should have guns or everybody shouldn't have guns. And I want to be clear. Moms demand action is not about taking people's guns away. We are not about eliminating the second amendment. Primarily we want guns to be secure so that kids and people who are at moments of crisis won't use them to hurt themselves or others. And we do believe that people who shouldn't have one because we know that they are capable of hurting themselves or others. Um, it, they should not be allowed to have guns, but it's not a question of it. It really isn't an either or. So when, when gun laws changed that were put in place in the Reagan administration, uh, and then they sunset it out in the, the, the Bush administration, what's the difference now? I mean, I know it's a free for all. The only thing we really have out there is, you can't own automatic, that you have to have semi-automatic, and, and that you probably can't buy a tank, uh, right? But I'm not so sure about that either. But my, my point is this. What was it about that legislation that was lost? Um, it, it was those weapons that, are, are, that really have no other purpose other than to kill people became widely accessible when that bill sunsetted, when that law sunsetted. Um, it, I... I think we can have an honest conversation about who needs to have these weapons that are not designed for hunting, 
or for sport shooting, but are simply designed to kill people. Sure, you want to do this more? You want to hang with me for a while? I will. All right. Cheryl Beller, ladies and gentlemen, we've got some phone calls lined up. We've got some text messages and comments lined up. Let's have the conversation, uh, and let's have it without hating each other about the issue. Stick around. More coming your way. You know what? It doesn't make you popular. Understand that. Cheryl Biller is willing to go into a room in Valley City, sit down, have people come in the room that are completely against anything she would say and willing to have the conversation. Now, she's a volunteer. She isn't getting paid to do this. And what it is is it's mom's demand action. uh, And basically we're talking about is gun sense in America. We're having that talk here. I mean, we're having that. Now, for those people listening to us have that talk, does that mean that we are anti-gun? Does that mean that I'm anti-gun now? I mean, what does that mean? Uh, somebody wrote in and said, Joel, about 98% of our fellow citizens around here can walk into Shields with 500 bucks and walk out uh, 20 minutes later with a better tactical rifle than I carried in Iraq. Uh, that's no hyperbole. That, that's the absolute truth. We are basically insane as a society and that's clearly coming from a soldier um hey joel i do not know which side of this i'm on but you're admitting it when you guys are are talking you're not going there for conversation you're going there to change somebody's mind it's either have guns or not i don't understand why you absolutely think that because she's going there uh, somebody's going to, and she, he means Valley City, obviously, somebody's going to bend over backwards to go to, to go to your right. There is no conversation. It's, she wants it all her way. Speak to that. Uh, my way is that people don't die from gun violence. Um, so yeah, I do kind of want it that way. Um, but I do think that for uh, that we can have good conversation about how we get to that place where people don't die from gun violence. And I'm willing to engage in that discussion. Well, and I don't know where he heard that. In in our conversation today, I don't yeah. know where he heard that about you, but people who hear conversations like this, who, who see a, a promo I put out on social media, I'm looking at all those going, oh, you're going to try to take our guns. And it's like, where did that come from? Uh, Lane, you're on with Cheryl. Go ahead, Lane. Uh, yeah, I was, I just wanted to say, you know, it's pretty commendable what she's trying to do and everything. Um, but I'm against any kind of gun control. And, and the reason is because once rules are in place, in, in my opinion, you know, you never can be taken away. So if it, if it, if we put like your plan with them five, five new rules or whatever, you know, you don't leave the store with a gun the day you pay for it and all that. If you do all that and we still get these school shootings or mass shootings or whatever, what are you going to take away next? You know, I mean, if you, if you really wanted, in my opinion, to to find out if it's going to work, maybe, you know, get these bills and everything and have an expiration date on them. Because then if it, if it, does work in the, you know, the uh, data supports it or whatever, maybe maybe more gun owners would be on board with it because I tell you what, I don't, I don't want to give up any of my gun rights for fear that more will be taken, 
years down the road. Okay. Lane, let me ask you, in, in terms of what maybe there is out there, right, would would you ever agree that an 18-year-old shouldn't be able to walk into a, a gun shop and, and leave that day with a weapon? Well, no, I, I wouldn't agree. I mean, you know, if they can, I think, you know, 18-year-olds, if they can go in the Army and they can go and fight, and they ought to be able to drink. And if you're grown up at 18, well, then you're grown up at 18. Okay. And if you're not, change it to 21, I guess, you know I mean? So let me ask so. you another one, Lane, that, that I always think of, which is, you know, should uh, anything ever be looked at in terms of the size of a clip? No, I, I again, I would say no because then if you take away the size of the clip, then I, in my opinion, later on down the road, you're going to say, well, then no semi-automatic, you know, firearms of any kind, and then it's going to it's going to snowball into no, no, only single shots, you know. And you see where I'm going. If the little bits are taken away at a time, they don't come and do the whole thing, you know. And that's why I say, you know, maybe if. If there was a bill or a rule that had an expiration date on it, more people would be willing to do it because if if no matter if it doesn't work, then it goes away. You know. So let me ask you this, Lane, and I don't know your age. I just know that I grew up buying guns in the era of the Brady Bill. Okay, so you know, I was I was an adult by the time I was eighty or in the nineteen eighties. I mean, and I I owned my first gun in in the nineteen seventies. Th- that being said, in in that time uh, between when the Brady Bill was enacted enacted and uh, the George W. Bush administration let its sunset out, I don't remember losing any level of freedom or control. And I don't know your age, Lane. I I don't. But but I'm 35. Okay, so you were buying guns in that era. I mean, you were. So what what control didn't you have in terms of gun ownership uh, prior to the Brady Bill grandfathering out? I you know I I guess I really don't have an answer for you on that. It's just my fear is if you make a rule that takes just a little bit away then the next rule is going to come along and take just a little bit more. Yeah. And then the next rule is going to take just a little bit more. So in, in my opinion, you know, I, re- I really couldn't say what control I didn't have, but that's my fear. And I think that's a, a lot of other gun owners yeah. here. And, you you know, know, it's it's a big problem. You know, I know it is. Something does need to be done about it. But like I said, no matter what, I'm going to be against all gun control unless there's some sort of an expiration date. Yeah. You know, because then if it doesn't work, it what would go away. What if it does work? Yeah. And, and what if, if it does work, well, then maybe that's a solution, you know? I yeah. mean, but. But, Lane, you, you called in and you were willing to take questions and you answered them honestly. I think I appreciate it, man. Thanks for doing that. Thank you. You Bye. bet. That's part of what the conversation should be. Now, d- does he agree with everything you do? No way. No way, no how. I want to. I want to put this out there as this is a friend that owns guns. It, you know, he's he's uh, bought guns, he's sold guns, he knows how to shoot guns quite a bit better than me. 
Uh, but he said, I've been a gun owner all my life, a member of the NRA all my life. And there's many things about the NRA that I disagree with. But that organization is so darn strong, it's tough to fight them. But each time some crazy fool goes out and shoots a bunch of people, it's going to get a little easier. I wish I knew what the answer was. Uh, there are firearms out there that should not be available to the common public. 30-round clips, question mark. Uh, what good are they? Uh, the common sportsman doesn't need them. I just bought a handgun this morning, a little uh, 22 strictly for plinking out uh, to the sportsman club and shooting golfers. Uh, so this topic is important. I've often said the United States better start looking at other countries that have gun laws but don't have these crazy mass shootings every day. Regarding background checks, they should be able to look into medical history and the psychological history of a person buying a weapon. Background checks only reveal if something disturbing has already happened. Um, and he says, thanks for having this topic on. Uh, I hope it reveals. Now, this guy is pro-gun. Member of the NRA, knows how to shoot. Um, that's the common sense part of the conversation you would hope everybody would have. We have lots of gun owners that support the work that we do because it, at the end of the day, it really is not about taking people's guns away or even about the guns people can buy. Um, a, the message that I have for every North Dakotan out there is please just secure those guns so that some child or someone who's in crisis doesn't get them to hurt somebody else. Yeah. Uh, Cheryl Biller is with us yet. She is a volunteer chapter leader with the North Dakota chapter of Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense in America. Cheryl, if people want to get active in your organization, donate to it, whatever, what do they do? Uh, if you want to donate, go to momsdemandaction.org and there's a big, huge donate button right there on the front page. Um, if you want to get involved, you can text READY to 64433, uh, or you can find a place to pop your name on that momsdemandaction.org page as well. Okay, and it'll all be podcast, what she just said. So if you weren't able to write it down, just go to home base here, kfgo.com, and, and check it out there. Mike, you are on with Cheryl. Go ahead. Hey, thanks, Joe. Hi, Cheryl. Good morning. Good morning. Um, good. Hey, um, a few months back, Joel may remember this. I actually called in after one of the shootings and, uh, the, the whole idea that I was calling in about was the shooter, um, uh, was a juvenile and turned 18. And within three to four days after he turned 18, he bought a gun and went into a school or some type of a business and shot people there. One of the things I called in, which Joel said was a fantastic uh, topic, um, I actually brought something up that he liked, uh, is the fact of uh, have has organizations like, like yours talked to uh, senators, congressmen, representatives of – how do we get into juvenile mental health records that are sealed because they are not yet an adult? And they're, they're, can we identify these people somehow as possible individuals who should not buy a gun, but, they, but once they turn 18, None of their juvenile stuff is identified in a background check. You bet. Great question, Mike. 
Yep, it sure is. And actually, somebody was thinking along your lines, the Bipartisan Safer Communities Act that passed last September-ish, I think. Um, Actually, part of the reason that it took so long to get that uh, to a place that everybody could agree on it was for the very reason you spoke about, that they were trying to address the issue of um, those juveniles and their records and how do they keep those safe so that, you know, there aren't negative consequences for them down the road. And and they did come to a place of resolution where everybody was satisfied that they could find enough information to be able to know if that person could safely uh, purchase a gun um, without taking too much information. So that that was part of that piece of legislation. So I, I want to, you know, they, they get used as an example because they're one of the top gun dealers. And, and quite frankly, in our area, and quite frankly, they're good at it. They're very good at it. I, I buy guns from Shields, uh, and and their gun department there is nothing but professionals. There's a law, or uh, not a law yet, but a bill working its way through the North Dakota legislature that if if you're one of the guys at Shields and you see somebody come in angry as all get out, now here's my five hundred bucks, give it. You know, you, you know, right now they don't have to sell them that gun. Nope. They don't have to, but this law would force them to. I mean, so if you think we're making any headway, keep working. Yeah. Because we're not when it comes to some of this. And those guys from Shields shouldn't lose that ability. No. They shouldn't. No. You know, it's disgusting. That should be a business call. They get to decide if they're going to sell a gun, if they have a legitimate concern about the person who wants to buy it. That doesn't get you donations from the NRA. It does not. That bill did. So, Cheryl, always good to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you, Joel. You bet.